Welcome to the very first episode of Locally, highlighting some of the people, places, and stories that make Mitchell County so unique. Today's show was sponsored by St. Ansgar State Bank, proudly serving our community and surrounding area for 125 years. We were in our John Deere gate or whatever, and we came by the front of the house, or the front yard out by the road. And I looked, and I'm like, Nolan. I said, where the hell's the rooster? And he's like, what do you mean? I said, the rooster's gone. A five-foot-tall metal lawn ornament, lovingly known to Josh Burns and family as Walter the Rooster, disappeared from the Burns' front yard on April 10th, Good Friday. At first, they thought Walter had been stolen, but then a ransom note came in the mail, and the Burns family quickly realized they'd been pranked. We caught up with Burns and some of the people involved to get the full story behind the rooster's disappearance, how the prank led to a nice little donation to the Mitchell County Food Bank, and reveal for the very first time the identities of the masterminds behind the kidnapping. I sent Colleen a message and I said, our rooster in the front yard is gone. I'm like, I have no idea where it's at. I said, I said I'm worried that somebody stole it. Like, I don't know, your mind goes to, you know, it's a big, it's heavy. I'm like, it's a big piece of metal. You know, what if somebody stole it and scrapped it and it happens. And so then Colleen's like, that is the craziest thing ever. I can't believe that's gone. And so then I said, well, I'll post it on Facebook that our rooster's gone. If anybody notices a big multicolored rooster that just pops up in somebody's yard, or I know Buck at Buck's Recycling in Kensett. And so then didn't hear anything. And then was it the next day? It was like day? a week or... No, it was like the next day, it, I think. We well, got a letter in the mail. That was, was a kidnap we letter. Came, we came home on like a Sunday. And, and that was, was a, in our door or something. Yeah. But okay. So we get a letter a couple days, a day or two later. And it's like, kidnap letter. I'm like, oh, this is, somebody's playing games with us. So literally, we sat in the kitchen. I'm reading that letter. We're laughing our butts off about it. And I said, you know what? I said, let's have fun with these people. I said, let's create like a situation where we need to get a ransom. And I said, let's donate at some place. And so I was like, let's do the Mitchell County Food Bank. Then it's countywide. And because I said, I have a feeling it's some of our friends from St. Ansker. And they're like, that sounds like a good idea. So then Alex, our 22 year old, helped me set up a Venmo account, which I've never done before. So we set up a Venmo account and what ransom for rooster is what we called it. Leo Chisholm, who ran the show at the Mitchell County Food Bank for nearly four decades, said that in all his years, he's never seen anything quite like this. When the Burns family went public with their plan to collect ransom money and donate it to the food bank, Chisholm was contacted by the kidnappers and found himself caught right in the middle of the mystery. Once the Burns family had reached their fundraising goal, Chisholm had to meet the captors at the county fairgrounds late one night, where the rooster was handed over. Yeah, that was the thing that, that uh, in total darkness, at the fairgrounds. Well, see, I was going to get it at my house, but I got a couple of neighbors and I said, geez, you don't dare. So I said, well, let's meet at the fairgrounds, total darkness. So I about, was about nine o'clock, had to go down there and get that thing, see. But I mean, <laughs> but this, these guys are something else to deal with. And so I just told them, I said, okay, 
And everybody asked me, well, why'd you get involved? Well, I said, they called me, told me, swore me to secrecy. And I said, if you deal with the mafia, I said, you gotta be careful because you'll wind up with a horse's head in your bed, you know? <laughs> so I have just done nothing but obeyed their orders. When they tell me to be there, I wanna be there. So, so it, it's a neat thing that they're doing, but it, like I say, I don't wanna have people say, you know what the food bank did? Made, you know, made Josh do it. This is, we didn't make Josh do anything. This group made Josh do it. Have you ever seen, have you ever seen some of his, of those uh, text messages that they sent out, you know, like the ransom notes? <laughs> I, think, I think there was one in there, wasn't it, that said, you know, you have to do this or that, or the, ch or the rooster could lose its head, you know, type thing. <laughs> it's crazy. Josh began posting the ransom notes on his Facebook page, where news of the rooster's disappearance spread throughout the county. As people tuned in for updates on Walter's condition, the donations kept coming. Okay, so then we took and um, just played along and just kept people updated on Facebook. And the first goal was $1,000. I thought, well, if we can raise 1000 on this, this is kind of fun. And we hit 1000 within like 24 hours. Yeah. I mean, it was just like at one time we were pulling in like over 100 bucks an hour. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is like. So then they sent us a letter that said, 424 so I was like oh that must be the date that this ends mm -hmm. so then I said well, let's set a goal of 4,000 and then obviously we've surpassed that. On Friday April 24th two weeks after Walter went missing Josh Burns stood in the parking lot of the Mitchell County Food Bank with an envelope full of checks in his hand. The Burns family had raised over six thousand dollars from the community in order to get Walter back. A TV station and members of the press pointed their cameras at Burns as he handed the checks over to Chisholm and he opened the hatch on an SUV where Walter lay waiting to be rescued at last. The one thing that's amazed me is just, oh my God, people, like, there's been some really generous donations, like, you know, $200 checks, $500 checks. I'm like, this is amazing. I mean, that's the cool part about Mitchell County is I think people, I actually think people are kind of looking for something kind of crazy like this right now. They're, I think people have enjoyed following this. I think people have enjoyed being part of it. I mean, we've had things on Venmo from $5 donations, you know, up to 200 on Venmo, but anything in between, you know, five, 10, we've had college kids give us 10 bucks. And I'm like, you know, they're college kids. Like that's pretty amazing that they're doing that because they don't have a ton of money and stuff. And there's so much uncertainty right now with finances and stuff like that. With Walter back to his rightful owner and the donations handed over to the food bank, just one question remains. Who's the culprit? Josh said he still doesn't know, but he thinks he has an idea of who might be involved. I don't know. I honest to God, I think Bill Carlson is involved, but I don't know 100%. Josh and Bill are longtime friends, going back to their time together at Luther College in Decorah, Iowa. When we sat down with Bill to get his side of the story, he sounded offended that his old pal was so quick to point the finger at him. Yeah, that was the part I have to, that really kind of caught me off guard. I mean, Josh and I have been friends uh, since college. We went to, went to Luther together. Um, I was Josh's bartender uh, through school. Um, we were in education classes together. We even took a trip out to Colorado together with, with one of our professors. Um, and then for Josh, I mean, at first I thought maybe he was putting names alphabetically on his list. No, 
They weren't alphabetically because Bobinette was farther down. Carlson was the first name. And I thought, shame on you, Josh. That's not something I would... I mean, why would he consider me being the first person to get involved in that? And then he had Diana Rice, the Rice family, right after that, too. But um, I was a little caught off guard. I thought, geez. And then he... And then during the um, the course of the uh, different ransom notes, he kept hinting and alluding to the fact that I was... I mean, he even said on the on his Facebook, uh, his life thing, this smells like Bill Carlson. And I thought, Josh, shame on you. And then he even said somewhere else in there, as one of the... Uh, Pranksters might say, um, uh, what was it? Something about easy ghostwriter or negative ghostwriter, because I do say that quite a bit. Uh, but I thought, Josh, he kept, he kept thinking it was me. And, you know, um, I felt bad that he was kind of led astray that way. As the interview went on, Bill seemed to relax a little more and started to open up about what he knew. And while Josh wasn't quite correct in thinking Bill orchestrated the kidnapping, he was not far off. Like so many unfortunate people in the pages of history, Bill Carlson was just another poor soul dragged into the machinations of someone else's ambitions. Unwillingly shackled to events, a passenger on a speeding locomotive whose momentum, once begun, cannot be stopped. I have to tell you, the hardest part, I would say, through this whole event has been um, the fact of, of knowing things that you're not supposed to know. And... You know, I watched from day one when that rooster... I watched how it was planned. I mean, it was planned months prior. Uh, people were sitting down talking about it. And and um, honestly, I have to... I feel like I, I almost need to kind of come clean a little bit. Because my conscience has been weighing on my conscience a lot. Um, I was there the night that it was being planned and thought about. And then to actually see um, the masterminds behind this. Um, I know it's going to be hard to believe... But if you could have seen how Kelly Carlson and Brian Rice played this out beautifully, and I watched how they made ransom notes and just their minds. I mean, I'm sorry, but I, I just have to come clean because it's going to bother me, and I don't want that to go to my grave. Were you scared to speak out? Oh, for crying out loud, yes, I am. You have no idea. Everyone always says, oh, you know, poor Kelly. Oh, you know, they think Diana and I are these outgoing people. Well, sometimes, you know, it's not us. That's a part of it. I tell you, I was nervous. In fact, um, I'm glad we're speaking out today because I, I, I'm not planning on going into the witness protection program, but I talked about it for a while. Um, I did update my will just because I was nervous, just nervous about the, how the whole thing was going to fall. Um, I do think things will probably, when the dust settles, it'll be a, it'll be a good thing. And you know, like I said, I'm glad I feel, I feel better just sharing with what happened. And I, it, it scares me a little bit. Did you ever feel like you had to pick uh, sides between Kelly and your good old friend Josh? Oh, yes. You know, like, like I've said lots of time to lots, to lots of people, you know, you can be friends with everybody and friends with everyone, but remember the one you have to go home with. And so that was a big deal for me. I, you know, I, there were times where I really wanted to tell Josh what was going on, but I knew better. I knew better. I didn't say a word. I uh, just let the chips fall. And, you know, I, um, Kelly, Kelly had a good plan. She knew what she was doing, and sometimes it's just it's good to be that that worker bee, and let her do all the work, all the planning. And I just was the worker bee and just did what she told me to do. I can tell you that you know during that time uh, of when the bird was gone, you know Josh celebrated his forty sixth birthday, and so we did a drive by birthday thing. And we stopped by Josh's house, um, and we were socially isolating ourselves. We stayed in our vehicle or on the on the edge of the gravel, and Josh and Colleen both 
were concerned about the bird. And they were kind of, I think they were trying to sniff out a little bit to see if we knew anything about it. And that Kelly, she kept things locked up tight. She said nothing. And uh, Brian and Diana did stop over. And it was funny how you'd see Brian and Kelly give each other the look. And Diana and I knew we didn't say a word because we knew better than to say anything. But Josh and Colleen, I think, were a little nervous about it. A little nervous about it. The, the interesting part was you could see Alex, you know, their daughter. She she kind of knew a little bit what was going on. So she was trying to um, play very coy with the whole situation. I mean, she did a pretty good job with it. But I was, um, you could just tell that that night that they were concerned about their bird because they really wanted to get it back. Um, if, if you read Josh's posts online, it was an anniversary present that he had given Colleen a few years back. So it kind of meant something to him. He posted out, it was actually on Good Friday, is when he realized his rooster was gone. And um, his, his daughter, you know, let us know that he was really, he was royally ticked off because he did not know who took that rooster. Um, Josh had thought that somebody had, had come from, uh, you know, saw it on the road, picked it up, and just brought it to Kensit for scrap. So he was angry, and he posted out there, you know, that someone please bring back my rooster. And, and his post was shared 270 times, um, which made, um, made a lot of people nervous, especially the people that were involved in the, in the heist, because there's 270 shareable, you know, investigators now, um, and they're all angry. I mean, you know, there was one post on there, Julia Crail, she said, you punch him high, Josh, I'll punch him low because I'm short. I mean, people were angry. I said, like I said, being a bystander in the whole thing, watching how how people were playing this out, I got nervous for them because I thought, oh boy, it's going to end south. You know, when this when this first happened, it was just a silly little prank. Let's just you know see how long it takes for Josh and Colleen to miss their rooster. Um, and then, um, and we had the idea of of having some of the um, uh, ransom notes just to kind of. Uh, you know, to take the bird on different places and, and have his picture taken at different spots. Um, and to see how Josh and Colleen took it from our bird is stolen to there's a ransom note to let's raise money for the Mitchell County Food Bank. I mean, that tells you a lot about um, who Josh and Colleen are. But then you look at what Mitchell County did. People responded to that. People who live in Mitchell County, people who grew up in Mitchell County, um, and just the outcry of of people on Facebook who were so who were watching all this stuff um, and so supportive of what was going on from a little prank um, hoping to just you know ruffle a few feathers um, to to seeing um, you know over six thousand dollars being donated uh, to a cause that's so near and dear to everybody especially right now through all stuff that's going on and the fact that all the money raised is going to be spent in Mitchell County at the uh, at the three grocery stores in Stacyville, Osage, and St. Ansgar. I mean, that tells you a lot about where we live. You know, it's a uh, we live in a county where people take care of each other. And, you know, everyone has their rivalries and those different things. But when it comes down to it, um, we all have the same... Um, we all have the same beliefs. And we all have the same foundation that you take care of your neighbors. And that was so cool to see... Um, to see how that all spun out. I mean... It really gives you a lot of, of pride, a lot of pride and a lot of, you feel really, um, you feel really good about where you live. Special thanks to St. Ansgar State Bank for sponsoring today's episode. 
we wanted to find a fun new way to tell some of the great stories about the people and events going on here in Mitchell County. You think Bill was telling the truth about his involvement? Be sure to subscribe to the podcast and follow us on social media and let us know what you think. And if you got ideas or stories that you think might make a good show in the future, uh, we'd love to hear that too. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time.